So I, I don't have charts in front of me. I don't want to start doing, like, there's a couple cases. You either, you understand it or you don't. What we talked about yesterday was the concept of someone who we don't, there's a doubt, there was a confusion within the kids. The Gemara continues with that concept of mist, uh, of, mest, uh, of mixing up children. And the Gemara says like this, the top of Tzadi Tesamadal, Tan Rabbonon, Yesh Chaylitz L'imay Mesafik, L'achoyse Mesafik, and L'bita Mesafik. I'll say it outside, then we'll try to conceptualize the cases. There's a situation where you'll have to give your mom chalitza out of doubt. You know, that, that, that's probably the easiest case. Normally, if, someone, if someone's mother falls to him, so, I, I don't know, his, his brother, his, his paternal brother from a different father doesn't share the same mother, marries, marries his mom, okay? So someone marries your mother. The kids are in Nimritz, he marries your mother. Halachically, it's allowed. Then he dies. So your mom falls to you. Or your daughter falls to you. We had in the first mission, you don't do yibam or chalitza. They go bye-bye. But in this case, where you have two kids that are, mi- that are mixed, it could be she's your mom. It could be she's not your mom. So what you have to do is both have to do chalitza because of a doubt. And basically the scenario is, this woman is falling to you. We don't know if she's your mother or your daughter or your sister. Now, obviously, if she is, you don't have to do anything. If she's not, you have to do yibum because you're both not sure. Both do chalitza like we had yesterday. And because both do chalitza, it's a scenario where you're actually doing chalitza to your mother. Out of doubt. Okay. Well, the Gemara just speaks it out. The Gemara says, look, let's go through the cases. Lubita misafik, a case where you'll have to give chalitza to your daughter. What's the case? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So what's the, what, let's go with the first one. Your mother. The case is like this. You have your mom and another woman. They both have a son, a definitive son. Rachel has a son. Leah has a son. So far, so good. Then each one has a son in a cave. Or in a hospital, and there's a mix-up with the babies. So each one has a definitive son and a question mark son. They got a que- they got a check and a question mark. So you got Rochel and Leah. Each one has a definitive son and a question mark. And the definitive sons marry each other's mother. Meaning, Rochel and Leah are friends. They're not related. Rochel had a definitive son. Leah had a definitive son. They're both widows. Rochel's son married Leah. Leah's son married Rachel, which is allowed. They're not related whatsoever. Then they died. So now these women are falling to the question mark brothers. The boys don't know who their mom is. One of these two women is each other's mother. We don't know. So the woman falls to, let's say, the, the first question mark son. We'll call him Yosef. So Yosef doesn't know. You have these two women fall to him. This woman falls to him. Yosef doesn't know if this is his mother or not. Binyamin doesn't know which is the mother. So they both have to do chalitza, out of doubt. Even though one of them is going to do chalitza to his mom, out of doubt, that's what we have to do. Okay. Again, if you have the, the, the charts, if someone's interested, I'm sure Stefanski has charts, I could send it out. But it's one of those, you just conceptualize the cases where the, the, the woman who's falling to Yivam, we don't know if she's your mother or not your mother. And because we don't know, you have to do chalitza misaf. That, that's the case of a mother. Let's go to the second case. Okay, so I'll tell you, this is a couple different approaches from Rashi. I'll go with this one. It's the easiest one. Rachel and Leah both have daughters. 
daughters got mixed up. Okay, daughters got uh, mixed up. In addition to having daughters, they also have a son. They also have definitive sons. And Rachel had um, from a different marriage two different do- two different. Uh, she actually didn't. Her husband had from a previous marriage two different sons. So Rachel married Yaakov, who from a previous marriage had two different sons. They're paternal brothers, but they're and they marry these two questionable women, die. These women now fall to the brothers. One is the brother of the sister, and one's just a Randall. We don't know who the sisters are. Again, in essence, you had a scenario where the two brothers from a different marriage, but they're paternal brothers, marry these two women, die. These two women fall to the two men. One's a brother, one's not a brother. We don't know the scenario. Oh, it's a different father. It has to be different. That's the thing. It's a trickier case. Yeah, it has to be a different father. It's an eternal system. No, they're not related at all. It has to be. This is the tricky part. It has to be. I think Art Scroll has a picture. So no, so Art Scroll happens to be, it has to be that they don't share any of, they, they, they share the same father, but they don't share the same mother. And the sisters don't share. They have to. She's in father. Because then the brothers don't. One second. Yeah, no. Someone's like. Hold on. No, 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 no. It's all good. Our girl has a chart, but I don't like their chart. They have two of them. No, 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 no. They have two charts. They have a they have a chart from upstairs. You know what? Actually, can you hold it for a second? Recording stopped. I have something. If this, if this helps. Oh yeah, yeah. I have the same safer. Exactly. That's the same safer I got. So, whew, hold on. Again, once we get through this case, then the rest of it is a lot easier. Um, okay, here. Second. Okay. Yeah, so you have... Okay, so you have Avram and Sarah had a son named Reuven. Avram, from a different marriage, had done an usher. Completely different marriage. Avram, so Reuven and Don and Usher are paternal brothers. Fine. Sarah, then Avram dies. One second, one second, one second, middle case. Avram dies, then Sarah marries Yaakov and has a daughter. So that son... Yeah, yeah, okay, that, that works. So you have basically, they brought in two brothers from a different marriage, but they're paternal brothers with Reuven. Those two brothers marry the two questionable women because they're unrelated at all. Um, Sarah and Yaakov. So it's the same. So it's the same. Not related to Don Usher, it is Ruben's sister. Correct. I have a picture over here. Uh, the fact that you got that from uh, visualization is actually quite impressive. So anyway, Bekitzer and Imrits, you have a case where these two brothers from a different marriage. Exactly, exactly. That's why that, that, Art Scrolls pictures I, I find a little bit confusing, to be honest with you, because they make it sound like you're allowed to marry your sister, which you're definitely not. So the, the kids of the case is where you have these two brothers from a different marriage marry these two questionable women. One of them is the sister. They die. So these women fall to the other two men. We don't know who the sister is. We don't know who no, not, not the sister is. They both have to do chalitza. Okay. The last case 
is what's the scenario? Well, you have to do chalitza to your mother. What's the only scenario? So the case is where ketzad imoy v'isha acheres. I'm sorry. It's a very easy case. What's the case where your where your daughter falls to you in Yibam? It's very simple. The case, classic case, the first Mishnah. The case is where you have an uncle marries the niece, right? An uncle marries his niece and then dies. So the, his wife falls. To her father, right? That, and that's halachically completely okay, right? The uncle marries the niece, right? And then and then the uncle dies, so the niece now falls to her dad for even. Obviously, not a situation. This is the case where you have two women got mixed up at birth. Both uncles married them. So two uncles married these two women and both die. So these women now fall, they, they fall to men. One of them is the daughter, one of them is not. He doesn't know which one. Which number case is this? Maybe this is the third case of the daf. This is the last case of confusing. Everything else is a lot easier. Meaning, meaning basically, you have these two, you have a, 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 Rachel and Leah both have daughters, and they're, they get mixed up at birth. So we don't know who Rachel's mom is, we don't know who, we don't know who Rachel's dad is, we don't know who Leah's dad is. It could, be, it could be your daughter, it could be not. Correct. Two uncles marry them. The two uncles marry them. So, and then they die. So now the questionable woman A falls to, you know, to, to Yaakov. It's either, it's either her, her father or not her father. She doesn't know. So you're going to have to do chalitza to both. Out of doubt. Okay, okay, one of those, you know, you get the case is good. If not, you know, you do your best. Okay, new, new topic. Tanya. This is interesting. Rameir says, I could have a family. This is an interesting scenario. You could have a family of kids. Five different kids. Five different statuses in halacha. Not like a Levi, Kayin, Yisrael. You could have five different kids from one, one couple, five different types of people. What's the case? Ish ve'isha, pam shemelidin chamesh omais. Ketza. Yisrael shalokach erved v'shivcha min ashok. Okay, here's the deal. You buy a, a, a non-Jewish male, non-Jewish woman slave. So they're non-Jews. They both had kids. They had two kids already when you bought them. Both non-Jews, right? The kids are non-Jews. One of them converted. From the same parents, you got two kids. One's a guy, one's a convert. So far, so good. How is he converted? No, no, he converted. It's done. In the past. Is, is he not a slave? Are we on this one? No, we're past that. I, I don't even know. I'll okay. be honest, it looks okay. like a game of risk. So, uh, 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 everyone's just falling over. There's like shooting, there's a horse. I, I don't know. Um, point is like this. So you have... You have no, this is very simple. You could actually have five kids where they're all different nationalities. So you go to the you go to the you go to the the slave market. You buy a male and a female non-Jewish slave. So they're non-Jews. They have two kids with them. One, both non-Jews, but one converted to Judaism. Stam, he went to met a rabbi. He converted. So you have one parent couple, two kids. This is easy. Guy, Jew. That happens all the time. Every convert is like that. Okay, guy and a Jew. So far, so good. Fine. So you got two kids. One's a guy. One's a Jew. Good. Now here's the deal. You took the parents and you dip them in the mikvah. Now the process of a non-Jew is when you take a non-Jew and you buy them as a slave and you dip them in the mikvah, they don't become Jews. You dip the mikvah with the intention of them becoming slaves. They become non-Jewish slaves, which has halachic status in and of itself. They're obligated in certain mitzvahs. 
you dip them with the intention of them becoming slaves. Then, when you free them, they become Jewish. So there's sort of, it's, a, it's like a process of conversion. Because if you just dip them and have them, it, they have to be intended, listen, if you're owning them, we can't have Christians in your house. So Chazal said, so the Torah says, that when you buy a non-Jewish slave, they have to begin the process of conversion. But if you convert them fully, they're Jews now. You can't own Jews for more than six years, so or up to Yahweh, or whatever. So you don't want that either. So what you do is you buy them, dip them in the mikvah with the intention of them becoming slaves, which is an, a third category in of itself. Okay. So you dip them with that intention. They have a kid when they're your slaves. That kid is a slave. So you got three kids so far. Goy, Jew, slave. So far, so good. Okay. You free the, the mom of the couple. You free her. So she's a Jew. Before you free her husband, they live together because they've been married for years. They have a kid. So now that's a Jewish woman with a guy. According to many opinions, that's a mamzer. So you have Jew, guy, slave, mamzer. Then you convert the dad fully. Now they're a Jewish couple. They have a kid, full Jew. So you got convert, guy, slave, Mamzer, full Jew, all siblings. That's cool. I, I don't know, like, that, like, that's the end of that. Like, that's cool. So Gemara says, Now, the question that Gemara asked, which I think is very good, my commercial one, well, uh, okay, like, what do I care? Like, what's the, what's the halachic significance of this, of this riddle? So the answer is, You see that this Gemara follows the viewpoint that if a, if a uh, Jewish woman lives with a guy, the child's a mamzer, because that was the fourth category, right? Again, it's actually very, very simple. They, they, two goyim have two kids. One converts. So you got a guy, convert. They become slaves, have a kid. That kid's a slave. They free the mom, so she's Jewish. She lives with her husband, who's a guy. A Jewish woman and a guy is a mamzer, according to this opinion. Then they both convert fully, and have a kid, the kid's a Jew. He's not, he's not fully guy since they were slaves. Yeah, but still, but it's Evid, Bas Yisrael Habal Evid, because he's considered a guy for this category. That's that's the end of that. Well, we pass it, it's not a mamzer. So this would have no halachic ramification. One last riddle. There is a scenario, and this is a thinker, there's a scenario where you have, you're allowed to sell the dad to pay the ksuba. Like, oh, that's... What's the scenario where you could sell the husband, sell him, in order to make money to pay the ksuba? Here's the scenario. I'm glad you asked. The Gemara says, um, okay, here's the situation. You buy a male slave and his wife. So you buy two slaves. ben. <clears throat> now they have a guy, they have a guy who's just son before. He's not a slave, he's just a guy. So they have a son in New Orleans, who's a guy, he has a, you know, trucking company, stop. So you buy the parents, okay. Now you own the parents, you own both parents. Shechra is a shechra, you free the mom, so she's a Jew. Vinasen, you marry her, right? You like her, you marry her. So you go into the marriage owning her ex-husband. Goyesha ex-husband, okay? Omar v'kosav kol and you now have this non-Jewish, you know, stepchild, right? Because you married her. She came in with a non-Jewish son. So you decide, I'm going to write in the ksuva, when, when you marry this woman, I want all my properties, including 
the husband, the ex-husband, I want all my property to go to the son. So the son now owns his father, if you think about it, right? Because, yeah, the son. No, 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 no. He buys a male and a non-male, uh, male and female, not male and non-male. That's, that's very, that's very, very progressive. A male and one who is not yet chosen to be male. Oh, my God. That's how it happens. Oh, God. yeah, by the way, it's actually a lot easier. Everybody's whatever. Um, no, no, no. So we could say you buy, you buy a, a, a slave, a male and female slave. They're married. They have a son, but they have a son from before you bought them. So he's just a guy in, in New Orleans. No, no, he's no, you don't get him. He's just a guy in New Orleans. You bought the both parents. You own both parents. You free the mom. She's now Jewish. Right? When you free her, you marry her. When you go into the marriage, you say, listen, I now have in a stepchild who's a guy, right? Just practically, right? Her kid, you're, you're going to interact with him. You're going to have Hanukkah parties with him. He's a guy in New Orleans, but he's, you know. And you're like, I like him. I'm going to write in the Ksuba, when I marry this woman, all of my property goes to the son. Included in all of your property is her, is the father, is the kid's dad, because you own him. So in essence, you're writing to the son, you now own your father. So if the son ever needs money for the ksuba, he could sell all the assets in the ksuba, which is the dad. So that's a scenario where the son can sell the father in order to pay off the ksuba for the mom. Now, my kamashalan, what's the chiddush of this? That you could sell the dad who's a slave? Like, okay. It's, whatever, it's like a cute, it's like an interesting riddle. So the Gemara says like this, the machloikis is as follows. The Gemara assumes that... You, um, yeah, the Gemara says, Kula Rav Meir he. The first answer is that this mission of follow, this Bryce of follows Rav Meir, Va'abda Metaltali. Rav Meir Shita is, there's a machlekes between Rav Meir and the Rabbanon. What, um, when you write in a ksuba, yeah, that's interesting, you write in a ksuba, instead of specifying amounts, you just write, listen, I want all my assets in the ksuba. Now, the woman now has a lien on those properties, right? That if, that if she needs money, she could sell, right? If, if, if she needs money, they could sell the assets in the ksuba, right? The husband writes in the ksuba, all my assets go to the wife. The question is, does that include, it definitely includes uh, real estate, for sure. The question is, does it include movable items? It's a machloikas tanoim whether movable items are included in Aksuba. When you just write all my assets, it's a machlegas or mayan the rabbanon, whether movable items are included in Aksuba. How you hold there would dictate whether you look as a slave is a movable item or, 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 or real estate. Meaning, if you hold that in the Aksuba, even movable items are attached to the Aksuba when you say all my estate, then the slave, the reason why, right, you see from this Bryce that a slave is included in all of his assets, right? He said, I want all my assets to go to her, and it includes the slave, who's the dad. What's the point? The point is, if you hold that it, it includes movable items, then that shows you a slave is considered movable items. If you hold that it only includes real estate, it shows you that a slave is, is perceived as real estate. That's the point. The Gemara says... Meaning, there's a shy of how do you look at a slave. You could look at a slave as a movable item because he's movable, or you could look at it as real estate that it's not, you know, it's not like a couch. It goes part of them, you know, it's more solid than, than, than movable. It's considered real estate. That's machlokas number one. 
point number two is that you see that a slave is included in all of your assets. Point number three, there's a machloikis by exuva whether movable items are included. If you hold movable items are included, then a slave is movable items. If you hold that it only includes real estate, and it includes a slave, that means a slave is real estate. So that's, so it could be related. Okay. Weiter. Oh, a paternity for them, not paternity for us, I'm saying, right, not, not via via Jew. Um, okay, last, last mission. These dafim are, um, they're hard to prepare, just as you, you look at me, you're like, oh my God. Um, I do remember, though, I will say this, I haven't learned Yavamas since I was 16 years old, because I was in yeshiva, so that's 16 years ago. I remember the next parak, which starts tomorrow, being easy. Really? I do, but I honestly, it could have been just in comparison, or it could have been at that point in the year I was already burnt out, and I know what I don't know what easy is anymore. But I, I feel like I remember Achilles being Achilles being mitzvahs chalitza being easy. But I don't remember. Okay, new mishnah. It's not too difficult. Oh no, 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 the first part is hard. Second part is easy. Second part of the mission is easy. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> By the way, I also I I should be doing a better job. Of like selling it, you know what I mean, but I'm not. So the Mishnah says like this: Ha'isha shenesara vlada bevlad kalasa. Okay, here's the deal: you have a mix-up at the hospital. It's a chassidish wedding. They got married young. The daughter-in-law is giving birth at the same time as the mother-in-law. So at the same hospital on the same day, there's a daughter, there's a grandchild being born, and the, the, the mother is giving birth. So you got the mother and the daughter-in-law giving birth at the same time. It happens. It happens by Hasidim, by Hashem. They get married young. You have the daughter's 18. The mother's, the grandmother's 36. So you have the grandchild being born and, uh, and the uh, aunt being born. Two different generations. They got mixed up. So you have these two daughters. You got these two kids. Two kids. Forget about daughters. Two kids. We don't know what generation they are. One's a grandchild, and one's a son. And they got mixed up. So the question is, what do you do regarding Yibam and Chalitza? So the Gemara says like this. Misha says, Higdilu HaTaruvis V'nasu Nashim. So you have these, these question mark kids. They get older and they take wives. So these wives are either, like if you're a grandchild, how do you look at this wife? She's either on your generation or a generation up, right? She's either your sister-in-law or she's your aunt. If you're a generation up, how do you look at this, this, the lower wife? She's either my niece or my sister-in-law, right? Again, it's different generations. They got mixed up. So the kid is either, if you look in your mind, the thing of generations is like a ladder. The kid's either here or here. We don't know. So if you're down here, if you're a grandchild, this kid, this kid's wife, is either your sister-in-law or she's actually your aunt. If you're on this generation, she's my sister-in-law or my niece. I don't know. That would obviously make a huge halachic ramification. I'll tell you why. You can marry your sister-in-law, Yibam. You can marry your niece. You cannot marry your aunt. So if, if these men die and these women fall to the rest of the family, and again, we don't know if she's my sister-in-law, is she my niece or is she my aunt? Depending on where in the family you are, that would dictate Yiba or Chalitza. This is the last difficult part of today's stuff. So the Mishnah says like this, B'nei HaKala, so the grandchildren, right, 
again, there's two generations. They both die. So you got the grandchildren who look at this kid as maybe maybe my status, right? Maybe not. So they, they cannot do Yibam. Even like we said yesterday where everyone does Chalitza and then the last one does Yibam because not, not in this case. Why? Because it could be your aunt. Again, that, that's, the, that's the case. right? The, the mother and the daughter both had kids at the same time. Therefore, one child is an uncle, one child is a grandchild. But they got mixed up. So where you are in the family chart would dictate how you treat their wives. They're either your sister-in-law or your aunt, or sister-in-law and niece, depending on where in the chart you are. Does that make any sense? I think so. Okay. So the Mishnah says like this. B'nei ha'kala, so the grandchildren, they, they cannot, everyone has to do chalitza. Everybody's doing chalitza, just to hedge your bets. But they're not doing yibam, ever. I don't care if everybody else did chalitza first. They're not doing yibam. Why? Because this woman might be your sister-in-law, but she might be your aunt. The other generation can do, the, or, the generation can do yibam after everyone's done chalitza because worst case scenario, she's either your sister-in-law, or worst case scenario, she's single and she's your niece, which is also allowed. But if you're, from your perspective, there's a chance she's your aunt, no good. And the Mishnah speaks out the opposite case, that's if the questionable people died. What if the for sure siblings die? And now the questionable people, it's the same thing. The questionable people have the same problem. They don't know what generation they're on. So if the one that died is a grandchild, so then the one that a question can marry her because worst case scenario, she's the niece. If the one that died is on the above generation, the second generation, I mean the, 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 the uncle and aunt generation, then the ones who are questionable that are in the grandchild, the, the question was, because there's a chance they're a grandchild, there's a chance this woman's their aunt. So it, it just depends on, you got to sort of figure out what the question is, what generation it is, and all that stuff. If the kosher ones die, by the way, kosher means definitive. The Gemara is going to amend it. It shouldn't be kosher. No one's puzzle here. It just means definitive ones died. Good. The rest of the mission is quite easy, and that is, there is a mess up in the Kohen family. You had a slave, and you had so you had the slave woman, and you had the Balasabayis, the Kahanish, the Bas, the Ashes Kohen, both had kids at the same time in the same house, and they got mixed up. So this kid is either a non-Jewish slave owned by a Kohen or a Kohen. I actually, I think they probably did if they give birth in caves. I mean, they, I don't know, you hear of stories in hospitals of them getting messed up, if they're getting mixed up. And that's like a hospital. But don't they like grow up and like kind of look like the father, you know, like after a certain age? No, surprisingly, everyone kind of look alike. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a very, yeah, yeah, that's a side point. But, no, this, thing, this could have happened. You had a mess up at the hospital. That could, I mean, there are cases like that. There are stories like that. But this is in caves. There aren't like multiple, like you know. Wasn't there a case recently? There was a whole like a documentary about the a doctor who was supposed to be taking Zera from men and and for in, 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 in fertility, and he was just using his own. That was a big case. That no, that but whatever. It's not for now. But but <laughs> it's not at the time nor the place. But apparently, I was I was on Shabbos. There's people talking about it. It was like a Netflix documentary that, that there was a doctor who was supposed to be taking Zara from the men and, and an egg from the wife, oh, mixing yeah. it up and inserting it, infertility, and he was using his own Zara. Why? Because he's a mishugana. 
But that means that there's 30 or 40 kids out there, there were like hundreds of kids out there, that, that, that the father's... Now, it happens to be with the father. Well, okay, the father's a guy now. And my point is, I don't know, it could happen. Anyway, back to him. Yeah, yeah, it happens. I'm sure it happens. Okay. The only thing you should walk away from this daf is nobody who you think you are. You could be anybody's kid. <laughs> the cases where you have the Kayan's kid got mixed up with the with the with the non-Jewish slave's kid. So this kid, so you have two kids. One's one's a Kayan and one's a non-Jewish slave owned by the Kayan. So the question is what how do you treat both of them? We don't know who's who. So the halach is like this. Both could eat truma, by the way. Because a non-Jewish slave owned by the Kayan could also eat truma. So both kids can eat truma. But the Gemara is going to explain, you do not give truma to one of them unless both are present. The reason being, we do not give... Let me ask you a question. No, no, no. So go to the next page. It's very simple. Let's say you're the non-Jewish slave of a kind. Forget about mix-up. Stam, you're the, you're the slave. Everyone knows you're the slave. You go to, the, the where, uh, you go to where everyone's reaping grain, where everyone's you know, separating grain. And you're like, hey, I'm the. Everyone knows you're the Kayan's slave. Everybody knows it. Can I give you truma just to give to your master? Conceptually, yeah. Everyone knows. It's like, what's the problem? I'm not. I'm not worried. You could eat it. Like, what's the problem? The halacha is, we do not do that because we're afraid that people who don't know that you're the slave will see you taking truma, and and not know, and they'll eventually treat you as a Kayan. Yeah. Didn't we learn a few dabim ago that? You don't give it to a wife. Wife, but that was that was two reasons because that was if you remember that was because of yichud. We're afraid that you'll seclude with her, or you'll for you give it to her after they're divorced. But this is a non-Jewish slave. Non-Jewish slaves don't go free. They're there. They're, they're in it for the long haul. So chora, you should be able to give it to the non-Jewish slave, but we don't rabbinically because we're afraid people are not going to know that it's a slave. They're going to give him an aliyah in shul, and worse, they're going to. They're gonna maybe give them a position in the. They're gonna marry, uh, you know, Jewish women to them, and they'll be like, "I thought he's a guy." No, no, he's a kind. There's gonna be a problem of yichus. Okay, so the halachas over here. You have these two boys. One's a non-Jewish slave owned by the kain, and one's a kain. We don't know which one. You do not give truma to one of them without the other being present, because he might be a slave, and we don't give the slave without the master present, because we don't know which one. They both have to be present to receive truma. Okay. Right during the Mishnah. Both are now allowed to go to a cemetery because, again, even though one of them is a non Jewish slave and he could go to a cemetery, but we don't know which one, and therefore Suffolk Doraisa both have to avoid cemeteries. They're not allowed to marry anybody. Yeah. yeah, think about it. You can't marry, right? Because he might be a guy, he can't marry a Jew. He can marry a convert, let's say. Let's say a, a, a non Jewish slave. He's not a convert, he can marry a non Jewish slave. But if he's a Kayan, he can't marry a non-Jewish slave. So because of that, that you can't marry anybody. Now, Bing Now, Higdilu Hataruvis. Now, once they get older, there is an Eitzah, and that is free both of them. Right? A non-Jewish slave, when he gets older, you could free him. What happens when you free him? He's a convert. So they get older, these two kids. They both free each other. Why, why, why can't he be free when he's young? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't think we're in or I think it's a halacha stam. They have to get older. They get older. They both free each other. So now one, ah, new new change. Instead of now being the doubt of a kain and a guy, one's a kain, one's a ger, right? Because they both got freed, which means 
no longer guy becomes a Jew, convert. We just don't know which one. So now you got two kids. One's a Kayan, one's a convert. Oh, so now we're going to go through how we, how we treat them. The halach is like this. They, they're allowed to marry Jewish women, but they have to marry women that are kosher for kahuna. Right? Because again, even though one's a convert, and he can marry a divorcee, but one might, he might be a kayan. So they have to only marry women that are eligible for kahuna. They're neither allowed to go to the cemetery, because again, Suffolk kayan. By the way, if they did go to the cemetery, no lashes. You can't give lashes because it's Asra Suffolk. You can't warn them properly because you don't legitimately know if he's a Kayan. Like Adam said, neither can eat Truma because one's a Kayan and one's a Yisrael. But Im Achlu, but if they did eat, they don't have to pay the penalty and to pay it back. Why? Because right? they eat it and I'm a Kayan. I'd be like, hey, you stole my Truma. They'd be like, prove to me I'm not a Kayan. So they're not allowed to eat the truma, but if they did, they don't have to pay a penalty. They don't receive truma in the warehouse, obviously. This is a side, the Gemara will probably talk about this. They're allowed to sell the truma and keep the proceeds. Normally we don't allow a Yisrael to sell the truma. Kain's allowed to sell the truma. They're allowed to sell the truma and keep the proceeds. Meaning, if, when they separate truma from themselves, normally if Kain separates truma, then he could eat it. They can separate truma and sell it. Okay, they don't receive kachim. kachim. They're not let it. Not, they don't get a reception of kachim. They don't take kachim in their house. but If they did receive kachim, you don't have the right to take it away from them. They can't eat it, but you don't have the right to take it away from them. They don't have to separate and keva, which are matnis kahuna which are the portions of an animal that you give to the kayin, they don't have to do it because they could say to the kayin, prove to me I'm not a kayin. And regarding their bechar animals, which you normally have to give to a kayin, they can keep it, they just have to make sure that it gets a blemish, that it's not a carbon. We give them the stringencies, the kehanim and the Yisraelim. All right, let's, let's run through the rest of the Gemara. It's pretty easy. Now, the Mishnah said regarding the grandchild, grandson, which we probably already forgot that that was the case that the Mishnah started with, that the whole grandchild, grandson mix, uh, grandchild, uncle mix-up. Um, it said that if the kosher ones die, there are no puzzle. What do you mean kosher? So I said it's definitive. So the Gemara says, what the ones that are confused are psalm, they're not puzzle. Change the gears from instead of the kosher ones dying to the definitive ones dying. Okay. We said that the uncle is allowed to do yibam because the question is she's either his sister in law or, worst case scenario, she's single and she's his niece, which he's allowed to marry. So it says the Gemara. We had this yesterday. They could only do yibam after everyone else has done chalitza because um, that way, memonavshach, um, it's fine. As we had yesterday, you can't do yibam to start because you might be marrying a woman who should be a yivama to someone else. Last one. Okay. The Gemara says, We said when there's a mix up with the koyin and the non Jewish slave, we only give them truma if they're together. Why? Because we don't give a slave truma to give to the master, because we're afraid that people are going to see that and think he's a Kayan and treat him as a Kayan and marry Jewish women to him. They're going to, it's called, that they're going to see, oh, he got truma, 
then we could treat, he must be a Kayan, and we're going to treat him a Kayim in other areas. So because of that, you cannot give to these kids unless they're together because one's a slave. The Gemara speaks it up. Tanan Kamanda Omar, Incholkin this Brisa, this Misha, follows the opinion, you do not give a non-Jewish slave truma to give to his master unless the Rebbe is present, unless the master is present, because we're afraid, like, what's the problem? He, he could eat truma, he'll give it to his master, like, what's the problem? The problem is, we're afraid that people will treat him as a Kayan and he'll marry a Jewish woman without investigation, because they'll say, he's Jewish, he's a Kayan, he, he gets truma. Detanya, as the Brisa speaks it out, in Cholk and Shumula Evid, Uncle Rabbi Ima, Div Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda is the opinion. He's the author of the opinion that you do not give truma to the to the slave unless the master is present. Rav Yosi actually feels Yochel. Rav Yosi says it's fine. Why? Yochel Shiyomer im Kayanani Tunu the Bishilatzmi im Evid Akayanani Tunu the Bishul Rabim Tushul Rabbi. Rav Yosi says, what's the problem? Why can't you give him truma? He's either right. This kid, he's either a Kayan. Or he's a slave of a kind. Either way, he's getting truma. Like, why can't he get it? I Meaning, Rav Yossi was never concerned that we would. According to Rav Yossi, you can probably give a non you can give a non Jewish slave of a kayan truma to give to his master. We're not. Rav Yossi was not concerned that people will look at this and say, "Oh, he must be Jewish," and then we're going to marry him to a Jewish woman. That was not a concern of Rav Yossi. That was a concern of Rav Yehuda. The Gemara speaks it out. In Rav Yehuda's location, they would learn from Truma regarding Kedushin. Meaning, in the location of Rav Yehuda, right, I, I think, do they still do this? When you're Masada Kedushin, do they do this? If, if, you, if a Kayan comes to you and he's marrying a woman, in the times of the Gemara, the Masada Kedushin would have to investigate to make sure this woman is Kasha for Kuhuna. I don't think they don't do this anymore. It's interesting that they don't. They don't. Practically, they don't. Unless like, a question arises. But in the times of the Gemara, they would have to make sure that this person is kosher for yuchsin, for yichus, not a mamzer, you understand. So in the location of Rav Yehuda, the way they would check, if he was a kayan that got truma, they would say, oh, he got truma, he's fine, in Rav Yehuda's location. And therefore, because of that, you could not give a non-Jewish slave truma because he's going to start marrying Jews. Rav Yossi's location, they did not treat that as significant. So in Rav Yossi's location, if you said, oh, he gets truma, they'd be like, I don't care. Because of that, you could give the slave. You understand? Um, Tanya. Amr of Allah Zabrat Sadiq. This is interesting, Maisa. Rav Allah Sadiq says that in my life, I've only um, testified once. Um, he says like this. Um, yeah. He testified once about a person, and he said that he saw them getting truma. And it was a mistake, meaning he was a non-Jewish slave. And based on his testimony, they actually had a kayan, they had a, a, a non-Jewish slave marry a Jew. Meaning, Rav Lozbar Tzadik says, I've only testified once, and it was to say that that person received truma, and I didn't realize that he was a slave. So Rav Lozbar Tzadik is, sort of test- is showing you how, how the mistake could happen. Because he said, I once testified about a person who received truma thinking he was a Kayan, but it turns out he was a slave. And here's the problem. There's a rule in this Gemara. There's a rule the Gemara says, That means that Rav Bar Tzadik's testimony, because of his testimony, because of the error of his testimony, someone did an Avera. The rule is, There's a whole Maisa of Rav Pilchas Ben Yar's donkey. Rav Pilchas Ben Yar's donkey refused to eat 
uh, food that was not separated shumas and meiser. And the Gemara has whole stories where the donkey wouldn't eat it. How did the donkey know? The Gemara says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu protects even the animals of tzaddikim, that they won't make a mistake. So you think Rav Elizabeth Bar Tzaddik accidentally, based on his mistake, a non-Jew is marrying a Jew? HaKadosh Baruch Hu protects tzaddikim from mistakes. By the way, this is one of the, it's not a raya, but when the whole bugs in the water thing, which you spoke about a couple weeks ago, when the whole bugs in the water thing came out, which David Feinstein was against it. He felt that it was a problem. Rebelsky felt it's fine. And one of his reasons to be lenient, it wasn't the main reason, one of the reasons to be lenient is he said, Ramosha Feinstein drank this water unfiltered for 30 years. HaKadosh Baruch Hu would not allow him to be ivory surim. So Rebelsky said, it must be that there's room to be lenient. Now let's investigate. That was his far. So the cash is over here. Rav Lezabat Sadiq says, I testified about a person who received truma and he married a Jew and it turns out it was a slave. So Elizabeth Sadiq is telling you the dangers of, you know, giving a slave truma. But now that means Elizabeth Sadiq was the vehicle for, like, Mamzerus? No way. There's no way HaKadosh Baruch Hu would do that. So the answer is, No, no, no. It means, it means because of his testimony, it, it almost happened. But they, they, they stopped it. Meaning, because of his testimony, they almost had a non-Jewish slave. Bikshu. But it didn't end up happening. What was the story? Chaza ba'asidur Rav Yosi, Rav saw the slave receiving truma in the location of Rav Yosi, where as we said in Rav Yosi's location, they allowed slaves to eat truma. But he testified on the location of Rav Yehuda. Meaning, so because of that, they wanted to have the person, but then they realized that in the investigation, they asked, where did the person get the, the truma? And they said, oh, in Rav Yosi's location. They said, well, in Rav Yosi's location, they allowed slaves. So, Based on his testimony, if they didn't investigate further, they, it would have led to a slave. But it turns out, due to questions, they, they reveal the truth. But let's just end with this. We'll start the b'risa, we'll get to it tomorrow. There are ten people, even though they're entitled to eating truma, we do not give them truma uh, publicly. And those are Elohim. Number one, Cherish, a deaf mute. Now the Gemara is going to go through all of the reasons. But let's just go through and tomorrow we'll deal with the reasons. Deaf mute. Shaita, someone who's mentally unstable. Katan, a child. We don't give children truma. Tumtum, androgynous. A tumtum, androgynous. Those are people that uh, we don't know what they are. Eved, a non-Jewish slave. Isha, a woman that we had yesterday, uh, that, that Yehuda was talking about, which is uh, the wife of a Kayan. Aarol, uncircumcised Kayan. Tame, someone who's Tame. Noise, Isha, Shenagenesla, and a Kayan who married a woman he's not allowed to marry, like a Kayan who marries a divorcee. All these people, we do not give them truma in the granary. The Kulan, but all of these people, we could send truma to their house, meaning we don't give them truma publicly, but we ship it via, you know, UPS to their house. Except for a Tame and a woman and a Kayan who marries a woman he's not allowed to because they're not allowed to eat truma. Meaning the other people, like the wife, I'll just pick that one out of the hat. We'll stop with this. The wife, she could eat truma. And the whole reason why we don't give her truma publicly is what I mentioned to you this, because either we're afraid of yichud or afraid we'll, that people will continue giving it to her. But there's no reason you can't ship it to their house. But someone who's kain who's tame, who can eat truma, we don't ship to the house because he's not allowed to eat truma, and a kain who marries a woman who's a divorcee, he's not allowed to eat truma, he becomes a chalo when he's married to her, so we don't send them truma under any circumstance. All right, we'll stop here.